Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 960 of Locked On Raptors for uh, Friday, June the 4th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where, of course, you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. You can also find the podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey, whatever it might be, please subscribe to, rate, review, follow, whatever it is, the mechanism on your podcast app of choice to support the shows that you want to support. It is very appreciated when you take those free-to-do and very uh, quick steps to uh, help us out and boost our algorithms and all that good stuff. Um, Today's show is brought to you by uh, Michelob Ultra and the Ultra Moment of the Week at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment of the Week coming up later on in today's episode. All right, on today's show, we are doing a bit of a a double shot today of uh, topics. We are first going to review the season of Kem Birch, the 19 or 20 games he played with the Toronto Raptors to close the season, dive into our big takeaways there, and uh, just sort of take a look at what was a very pleasant surprise in the back half of the year as part of our Season from Hell in Review series, and then in the final segment, we're going to talk a little bit of Canada basketball with a man who really knows Canada basketball as well as anybody. He is, of course, from NBA.com. He's a FIBA play-by-play commentator. He is one of the voices on the NBA Sound System podcast. It is Carlin Gay back on the podcast. Carlin, how's it going, man? Can't complain, Sean. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to talk Raptor basketball because I haven't been able to do that in, in a little while, having to cover the uh, the playoffs sans Raptors for my uh, first time actually working in the industry. It's weird. It's weird not having the Raptors to, <laughs> to, to watch or even just talk about. I'm telling you, man, I, this is the first time I've done this podcast when they've been a non-playoff team, and it's been... Uh... It's been strange. I got to say, though, if there's a playoffs to watch from the outside and watch as chaos unfolds, this might be the one uh, as we're talking just in between the elimination of the Lakers and the potential elimination of the Clippers tonight. It's uh, It's been a delight to watch the world burn from afar uh, and not be too worried about, uh, you know, every other night being a stress-filled uh, Raptors game. So yeah. that's nice. Uh, and I'm glad you get to talk Raptors today. I'm glad you get to flex that muscle. And of course, we're going to talk Kem Birch, who... Uh, was a very pleasant surprise for the Raptors this season. Uh, Of course, the first 50 or so games were marred by the lack of a center and the different machinations of lineups to try to get around the lack of a center, from starting Aaron Baines to going small to dealing with COVID uh, to just trying to, you know, stitch together eight guys to play in a roster on a given night. Uh, (laughs) It was a certainly difficult situation for Ken Birch to be plopped into, but... He was really impressive in his time with the team. I lost my page here on Basketball Reference, but yeah, looking at his time with the Raptors, uh, 19 games, 17 starts, 12 points a game, uh, or just a hair under 11.9, 7.6 boards, 1.9 assists, which is pretty impressive, uh, Mm -hmm. just over a block and just under a steal a game as well, shot 55.6% from the field, 
did put up 1.63s a game, shot 29% Ooh. on those. A uh, bit of a comeback to earth a little bit in the back part of the year, but I think for the most part, that's really encouraging, the increased volume from three. Of course, uh, <laughs> before this NBA season, he had attempted two career threes. He attempted 21 in 48 games with the Magic and then 31 in 19 games with the Raptors. So um, with all of that, with the sort of resume of this season now uh, dictated. Carlin, I want to ask you, what was your sort of biggest takeaway from the time Kem Birch got to spend with the Raptors down the stretch? Yeah, for, first first of all, I, I look at Kem Birch uh, and, and I'm reminded, um, you know, of you know, normal Raptor fandom kind of lives in this area where you hear about a Canadian coming through the ranks and you sort of started dreaming about him being in a Raptor jersey. And I, and I felt yeah. the same way when it comes to Kem Birch. And uh, most people know his story. He started off at Pitt, ends up UNLV, leads the country in blocks. Clearly a guy that could play at the NBA level, but his body wasn't ready. I remember standing next to this man at uh, in Summer League. I think it was a second go-around with the Magic. And to see his body transformation uh, from you know where he started as kind of a lanky kid to where he is now, uh, basically an Adonis, this guy is an NBA-ready center. I know he's a little bit shorter than maybe you would like at 6'9", and, and doesn't have uh, the, the length you wouldn't you, know, you would love to have at the center position, but I think he's big enough and strong enough to be able to play the center. He's a true center, and that's what the Raptors needed all year long. And uh, the two things that stuck out to me were, A, he gave the Raptors a true pick-and-roll threat. Um, you yes. know, without... I think when you were watching the playoffs this year, as you as you mentioned, you know, watching the world burn, so to speak, watching game one against, uh, you know, the, the Jazz and, and the Grizzlies, and you saw what Jonas Valanciunas was able to do throughout that series, you're reminded how good of a pick-and-roll threat he actually was at Toronto Raptors. And with mm-hmm. him not being on the roster, um, you know, there was a hole there. And I, obviously, Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol, um, they're different type of pick-and-roll players. Serge can give you pick-and-pop action that, you know, Jonas probably couldn't at that time. And Mark was giving you that secondary read in the pick-and-roll that, you know, Jonas can't give you at that time. But without those two guys on the roster, was, there was a gaping hole this year. Aaron Baines was a disaster. Let's face it. It wasn't, wasn't up to snuff. Chris Boucher played very well, but the you know he just couldn't carry those starter minutes over the long term. So enter Ken Birch, and he, there was that pick-and-roll threat once again. And when you look mm-hmm. at the you know, play-type data from, uh, from NBA.com, Ken Birch was, was averaging close to three-and-a-half possessions per game in the pick-and-roll as a role man. Now, he wasn't super effective in that role. He was still on, in the 45th percentile in terms of efficiency. But when you look at just having the option to go to him, that is incredibly huge for the Toronto Raptors, especially on the nights where we knew sometimes the jump shot wasn't following, you know, falling. Uh, you know, the three-point shot wasn't following. There's not a lot of guys that can break down and, and get to the rim uh, you know, on the court at a consistent time throughout the entire year when the rosters, you know, guys are in and out of the lineup. So to simplify things, you, you would love to go to a pick and roll setting. And you had Ken Birch to do that towards the back end of the season. So uh, if he's able to stay on this team and if he's able to come back uh, and, and be a, a potential role player starter for this team, that is one thing I look forward to him being able to be that pick and roll threat that they desperately needed this past season uh, for, for for the Raptors. And then we know about the defense. I mean, this is a guy, like I said, in college, led the country in blocks. He is going to challenge and alter shots at a high level. Uh, great weak side defender. He didn't have enough time, really, in my my opinion to learn the uh, the Nick Nurse you know kind of system 
but that will get accelerated, you know, through the off season, potentially if he plays for team Canada, that's going to help as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, he's going to get there. He's smart enough defensively. He has the tools defensively to be a plus defender. And the Raptors defense just looks completely different when you have someone that you can trust on the back line to be there if something goes wrong. And, and we saw when Aaron Baines was on the floor uh, and, and others like him were on the floor, it, it, there just wasn't that trust uh, factor mm-hmm. that the Raptors defense really thrives on. If one player out of the four don't know what's going on, it looks terrible. And, and that's what happened this season. So if Birch is able to get up to speed and then plus he has the tools to make up for mistakes, that he may make mentally getting over the shots and blocking them and, and altering them and also he's a, he's a, he's a decent rebounder uh, at that center position which you know the Raptors do need uh, I think he will change things and get the Raptors back to closer to where they were you know before going into the bubble uh, than they they ended up being in Tampa yeah I, I think it was his first game against the Knicks he like sets his high, like a screen in a high pick and roll and it might have been Kyle might have been Fred I can't remember who knows who played in which Raptors games this season it's just like a, a mishmash but he caught <laughs> a pass on the roll like with a, you know had his hands up high the pass was high he caught it and then just like delicately finished off glass the way you know a regular NBA center does <laughs> it was like seeing like the ray of light coming through from the sky like it was just like uh oh yeah th- this is what it's like to have competent center play and i hate that it continues to be like a pile on Aaron Baines but it, it was so stark the mm-hmm. just inability for Baines to catch a pass finish off glass without breaking the backboard by whipping it off of it so hard like it's it just these simple things that Birch came in and it was like oh yeah cool that that's just something we don't have to worry about now and that was sort of my big takeaway from the Birch experience was, and I've made this point before in the podcast, but I'll make it again. It's a daily podcast. Sometimes I repeat myself. But, you know, I think Birch proved that the Raptors front office was right in their philosophy to think, huh, we can get by here without Gasol and Ibaka, and we can have a, you know, a mercenary center come in and do most of the stuff that you need from that position, considering the skill and the ability we have at our other spots, you know, we can get by. They just picked the wrong guy in Aaron Baines, where, where Ken Birch comes in. It's like, oh, yeah, you don't need to spend $20 million on a center. You can have a guy who is on the minimum and looks fantastic and is just doing those little steady things. He reminded me a lot of Daniel Tice uh, in a lot of ways of like his peak with the Celtics where you know you look at it and it's like Daniel Tice is starting for that team but then you watch him and he just connects everything and he you know hits timely threes from the corner and all of that and Birch I think really kind of reminded me a lot of that sort of archetype and that's really exciting because it does change the calculus of what next season is going to look like for the Raptors and we'll get into that in just a second here Carlin but first I want to uh, regale you with tales of our Michelob Ultra moment of the week Look, there's not a lot of joy being elicited by the Raptors right now. Of course, they're not playing. They're on vacation. Fred Van Vliet is pulling starfish out of the sea. But there's still plenty of happiness to go around when you're thinking about this past Raptors season, despite how bad it was. And one of the things that brought extreme enjoyment was this moment. I'm looking at it now. 10.09 a.m., April 8th, 2021, at Shams on Twitter says, The Orlando Magic are planning to waive center Ken Birch in order to give him an opportunity to play more with the Toronto Raptors as his likely landing spot. That tweet, that moment in time, 10.09 a.m., April 2021, April 8, 2021, is your Michelob Ultra moment of the week, the day the Raptors center woes 
came to a merciful end. Very exciting stuff. Go check out tons of other exciting ultra moments with this hashtag, with hashtag ultra moment uh, on, on Twitter, of course, and all your socials. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. And with Michelob Ultra, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. A huge thank you to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring this week's podcast. And uh, again, Ken Birch is your hashtag ultra moment of the week. All right, Carlin, we're going to continue on here, but just a reminder that our road to the NBA Finals on the Lockdown Network is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. We can all enjoy, all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Uh, so go and check out the rest of our amazing playoff coverage from Locked On Lakers, Locked On Suns, Locked On Clippers, Locked On Mavs, whatever it might be, we got it covered on the road to the NBA Finals. All right, Carlin, Ken Birch. He doesn't have a contract right now. It's a little bit uncertain. A couple months ago, or maybe a month ago, uh, Kem Birch's mother, Wendy Sparks, was on this very podcast and said Kem wants to be no, nowhere else. He plans to come back to be with the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Of course, th- you know that's not always how free agency works. There's agents at play. There's different sort of factors to be considered. But it does seem like there's a pretty easy marriage here between the Raptors and Kem Birch. I guess this is a two-pronged question. One... How much do you think he's going to garner in terms of his, his next a- annual salary figure? What makes you comfortable if you're a Raptors fan, if you're the Raptors front office, in terms of what you'd pay to keep him around, considering the Raptors don't have his bird rights uh, because he signed midseason after being waived, uh, that he will be signed into cap space. So that's something to keep in mind here, too. And uh, from there, beyond that, you know, where do you think Ken Birch fits in on the team next season? There's, I think, always been the assumption that he'd just assume the backup role next year. But there's a world in which they come into next season with him as the starting center and, you know, reallocate their resources elsewhere. How are you sort of sizing up this Ken Birch offseason, Carlin? I think there's this is a kind of a blessing in disguise for both parties here uh, in, in the way that everything kind of shook down for for Ken Birch in on the Raptors end. You're getting a guy that you were able to get into your locker room, get into your system. Uh, Nick Nurse obviously worked with him prior, you know, playing for when he played for Team Canada in 2019 at the World Cup. So there was a little bit of a relationship there. Uh, he didn't have a, a huge learning curve, and he was able to get on, you know, on at least on the offensive end, get the ball rolling a lot quickly. So you can see what you had with him uh, and then also kind of potentially see where he can end up in the you know I, I think he played 19 games so that is sort of uh, I, I guess they got to test drive Ken Birch right there and then mm-hmm. and I don't think the rest of the league anytime you get waived the rest of the league doesn't and you're not an all-star you're not a Andre Drummond or anybody like that at that level uh, Blake Griffin as well the, the rest of the league kind of looks at you and says eh, well if they don't want you um, why would we and why would we pay x amount of dollars for you so Ken Birch kind of walks into this situation with the Raptors they test drive him and then they also probably won't have as much competition for him coming up in free agency so that helps the Raptors as well because they can be a little bit more uh you know frugal with their with their spending and when it comes to a Ken Birch his mom comes on your podcast and says that he isn't wanting to be anywhere else that's another bargaining trip for the Raptors because you know, <laughs> I don't know if he, he uh you know the agent was sitting there saying I I, I mom probably need not, not to say that uh, out loud so that the uh, the team knows that we we don't really want to go anywhere else but agent just dro- I, goes into the into the bargaining room <laughs> drops the phone on the table presses play on the podcast 
<laughs> the, yeah. the negotiation commences. <laughs> yeah, the Locked On podcast did all, all the work, so Raptor fans, it, you know, <laughs> don't worry about the negotiation between the Raptors and Gambert. It's going to happen. But it, I think he, he's he's going to end up sort of with a contract that Aaron Baines got a year ago. Um, sure. But I, I would I would guarantee it. You know, for both years. Uh, you know, the two right. for fourteen. I don't I don't see that being too much of a too much of a, a strain and it's actually a raise from Ken Birch's last contract uh Ken Birch was on a, a two-year six million dollar contract I think it was when he uh, signed in Orlando he was happy to sign that and he knew that he was going to struggle to get playing time now he's going to get a raise and he's going to get the playing time because there is a gaping hole at center position and who knows Aaron Baines is still on the on the team next year but uh, even if he I'm is, no. I think yeah, <laughs> even if he is, I think that starter you know role right now is 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 in is in Ken Birch's hands uh, unless the Raptors make something drastic happen in the offseason. But as you said, you know the front office was right in their decision making in terms of hey, you know we lost Marcus All and Serge Ibaka, and yes, they were great, you know two headed monsters at you know the five position for us, but we we're able to kind of get you know, plus players that can do a lot of the same things and keep us moving along. They, you know, everyone's crushing Aaron Baines and, and you know, rightfully so. But the other swing in the midst that no one seems to talk about because he's not on the team anymore and, and it happened so fast is Alex Len. You know, if right. both of them aren't two swing and misses, this doesn't look as bad as it does. So, um, you know, getting Ken Birch at the end of the year, test driving him, seeing where he's at and, you know, having him sort of feel the love from from the fan base, even though it was down in Tampa, uh, feel the love from the organization, feel the love from, you know, the responsibility that Nick Nurse gave to him on offense. Because this is a guy that was barely playing in Orlando. And when he got those spot minutes, he wasn't doing much with it in terms of uh, he wasn't being put in a position where, you know, Nick Nurse is saying, hey, why don't you take some more threes? <laughs> you know, shoot shoot <laughs> some threes. Um, it, that's going to be a part of his game where he now goes in the offseason and says to himself, all right, I got to get better at being able to stretch the floor, that should happen. He's got to get better at, you know, they, they put him in situations where he can play make. He had a lot of assists in a very short period of time. Um, that was never the case for him in Orlando. So I, I think the trust factor and also the knowing that, you know, Nick Nurse is going to want to use him in different ways, which he actually did. It started off with Team Canada. Nick Nurse opened his, uh, his sort of game up in that area where, out of necessity, where he said, you know, Cam, you're going to be our go-to guy offensively. We're going to get a lot of stuff off of your offense and then your playmaking. He doesn't have to do as much with the Raptors, of course, when the team's healthy. But just knowing you have the option there is huge. And I think on both sides, uh, for the Raptors, it's, it's going to be a you know a very cost-efficient deal. For Cam Birch, he's going to get a raise, and he's going to get the playing time that he's always wanted, and he can truly put forth what he is able to do at a high level on the NBA floor. Yeah, I'm with you. I think your guess of where the contract's going to come in is about right. You know, when the when the signing first happened, I figured, oh, he's just test driving here for the backup center job next season, and that'll be fun, and that'll be great. And then he starts earning himself some money, I think, by his play. You know, I, mm. I think the most fun part of watching Ken Birch, and I, I bet if you asked Ken Birch this as well, he would also say this was the most far, fun part of the last 19 games of the year, was just him kind of realizing he had these skills that the magic just refused to mine during his time there and you know oh he can shoot threes a little bit and oh he can pass and oh he can kind of put the ball in the deck a little bit too like there's a lot going on there and I wonder if like another offseason in the Raptors development machine will even make him a more fully you know fleshed out player mm -hmm. and, and he look, look I, I think 
the ideal world is you probably don't have Ken Birch as your starting center going into next season, but it's nice to know that that's an option for you. If you can't find, you know, a, a nice deal out there for a Rashawn Holmes or something like that, if you can't go and get a center via trade, if you can't pull off the Miles Turner agenda that I've been pushing on this podcast for a very long time, you know, if that doesn't happen, then boom, you just have Ken Birch there. You know, you're not sort of looking at Aaron Baines once again as your solution at center. And that does kind of change the way you can approach the offseason. You can be a little bit less urgent when it comes to the center position. And also, you know, who's to say with the draft, what happens there? You know, right. if they move up in the lottery, there's a very good center sitting there. And having Ken Birch kind of be the wizened vet playing with Evan Mobley in whatever configuration, if he ends up on the team, then that's a thing as well. And I only say that Evan Mobley thing because uh, d- this week in our Locked On NBA mock lottery draft, the one that will be coming out next week, I got the fourth overall pick in our little tankathon sim, and I ended up having Mobley fall to me at four. And so wow, now I have four. totally unrealistic expectations uh, of him being. As he should if he's at definitely four, on the team. The Lakers won the lottery. That's amazing. <laughs> No kidding. Um, Just the way things broke, the other teams wanted guards. So sure, I'll take them. Why not? Um, But anyway, I I think, you know, it does sort of make the offseason a little bit easier to potentially reallocate resources elsewhere. And yeah, if he comes in between that five and eight million dollar range, you know, kind of getting a chunk of the mid-level, for example, I think that's totally fine. And if he comes in the next year and you do get a center, then you have a really excellent center for your bench unit kind of sitting there and I think you know we saw him play a lot with Malachi Flynn down the stretch I think having a steady guy like that who can make plays in the short roll who can um you know obviously finish on the on the lot on on the on the on the dive yeah that's the word I'm looking for uh that's just a nice thing to have with a young point guard who's developing as well and you know when you piece together what the bench unit looks like next season if Birch is the center you know you throw Boucher at the four if he's still around you've got Flynn you've got Trent you've got you know x player on the wing maybe it's a draft pick maybe it's just you put OG or Pascal there to sort of get a starter in there there's uh there's a lot to work with so very excited for Ken Birch to be back next season. I would guess he's going to be back next season. I would put it at probably like 95%. Uh, you know, I'm sure some team will come out of nowhere with, you know, <laughs> some sort of offer. Uh, they'd be kind of foolish if not because he's quite good. But it seems yes. like this is a marriage that uh, was intended to last more than 19 games. And I look forward to seeing it continue blossoming because, um, you know, there seems to be a pretty good relationship there with Ken Birch and Nick Nurse in particular. And Nurse really seems to like to empower Birch to sort of try new things and see what he can do. And, all you know, in, in fairness, the last five or six games of the year, when the Raptors were playing with like six players and Birch was one of them, he was a little bit overextended, but that's fine. We got to see the sort of limitations. We got to see the extent to which he can help you out. Uh, and I don't think anyone expected him to lift up six-man rosters with, uh, you know, no starters available. But, um, you know, I, I think it's nice to get that sort of like dose of reality as well. Like, oh, no, this guy is not, in fact, uh, you know, budding DeAndre Ayton. He is a very <laughs> steady, nice backup center who will be a valuable contributor in whatever capacity capacity he's in whether he's the fifth starter or he's coming off the bench next year um speaking of ken birch and his partnership with nick nurse uh, we should talk a little canada basketball while we have you here carla we'll get to that in just one second but first i want to tell everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com who are the place to go if you need to get a part for your car you can save up to 30 50 70 percent even more when you are buying the exact same parts on the on the rock auto site that you would be at a chain store the mechanic doesn't care how much you get paid how much you pay they're trying to charge you as much as possible rockauto.com is different though they have a super easy catalog to navigate you can put in your year make 
model and the part that you need, and then you'll get all sorts of options, all for less than the mechanic's going to charge you. You get to choose from the brand, specification, and of course, the price that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the exact same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts for your car? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box to know that we sent you as well. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar, who have nine amazing flavors for you to try to figure out what your favorite is. Uh, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each flavor, figure out which one you like the most, and then order full boxes of each of those flavors, including mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, whole bunch of other ones as well. Mint brownie's the best. And on that note, they have limited time flavors as well that pop up from time to time. And, cr- and currently, I believe the flavor they have circulating around the site is grasshopper cookie, which sounds like it's a bar made of bugs. That's not the case. It is. Uh, as I understand it, grasshoppers are like Girl Scouts or something like that. It's Girl Scout cookies. They're, it's like a Thin Mint. It's amazing. You should definitely get yourself a box of grasshopper cookie built bars. They're delicious, and they're a great way to fuel up for a workout or whatever it might be. Replace a breakfast so you don't want to feel heavy all day. It is is awesome. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Carlin, let's round this thing out with a little Canada basketball talk. We've got the Olympic qualifiers coming up later this month. It seems as though they're going to have a pretty damn good team. Lots of guys have committed. You know, only, the real sort of story is the, the couple guys who haven't committed, like Shea Gilders Alexander, of course, dealing with the foot injury. He's not going to be there. But for the most part, it's a pretty loaded roster. You've got Nikhil Alexander Walker, RJ Barrett, Kem Birch, O'Shea Brissett, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Lou Dort, uh, Trey Lyles, Mikhail Mulder. Like, it's a loaded roster. It's very fun. Plus, you get the Euro guys like Trey Bell Haynes, Melvin Edgem, Aaron Dornikamp, Andrew Nicholson, uh, Anthony Bennett. It's going to be a, uh, a, a pretty impressive collection of guys, and there are going to have to be some cuts made that are going to leave some guys unhappy because typically they would be on the team. Um, you know, so what's your sort of read of this Canada team, Carlin, going into this upcoming uh, FIBA qualifier? You know, obviously it's been a you know a troubled history for this sort of golden right. generation of Canadian players. You think back to the Venezuela loss in 2015, you know, that kind of ruined Andrew Wiggins for the national program for five or six years before his return this year, of course. Um, but you got Nick Nurse now, you've got the home court advantage in Victoria for these qualifiers. You've got maybe a bit of a depleted group. You know, Greece is in their group. Who knows how deep Giannis is going to go into the playoffs? It seems unlikely that he'll be playing qualifier games in four weeks' time. Um, mm-hmm. What's your read on Canada's chances going into this very important Olympic qualifier? I like them a lot, and and it feels different, doesn't it? Like it feels different going into this potential, you know, Olympic berth that they are uh, that they're trying to get here in Victoria, BC, in uh, just over just less than a month now um, than it did when we were going into the World Cup. The World Cup kind of. Uh, you had multiple players coming out early and and sort of saying, "Hey, I'm not going to be there. Uh, I, I'm not going to be available. I, I I can't make it. Sorry, you know, thanks for the invite, but it's just not going to be me this year." And I, I think 
it, it's sort of the perfect storm right now for Canada basketball in the way that, you know, unfortunately the Raptors are not in the playoffs. Had the Raptors been in the playoffs, a lot of the attention from the Canadian basketball fan would rightfully so be on the Toronto Raptors trying to get deep into the postseason. Mm-hmm. This year, they're not doing that. And I think a lot, there's, there's sort of an appetite out there for the Canadian basketball fan to be entertained some way, somehow. And uh, you know, now we have an opportunity for a lot of Canadian basketball fans to pay attention to the National League national team program that they haven't been able to pay attention to for for a very long time i think the knock on the average canadian basketball fan is they're raptor fans but not canadian basketball fans sure well over the last couple of weeks we've seen them sort of gather around this team and realize that oh my you know i'm, I'm watching a playoff game where you know unfortunately dylan brooks is getting out you know knocked out of the playoffs but in a month he'll be wearing you know my, my country on his chest uh you know rj barrett his first playoff run didn't go the way he wanted it to, but he's going to have a chance of revenge in a month's time wearing my country on his chest. And then the, the, the large one, as you mentioned, Andrew Wiggins stepping out early and saying, hey, I'm going to be there. And that was before the 21 you know, names that you just, some of the names that you just listed off there. And that sort of built a lot of excitement around this program. They're going to be at home. Hopefully, fingers crossed, who knows what happens, but hopefully, fingers crossed, there's going to be a couple people that are you know fans that are going to be allowed into the building uh, to cheer them on. But regardless, I think a lot of people will be locked in on them. Uh, you know, the 21 names that you listed, most of them there, any 12 of them, I think is going to make a good team and should be favored to get out of uh, the Olympic qualifier with an Olympic berth. You mentioned Greece, China, Uruguay, uh, Czech Republic, and Turkey are the other teams there. Uh, to get to, I guess, the, the, the quick breakdown, to get to the semifinals, all Canada has to do is be better than Greece and China. You mentioned right. Giannis. He's going to be busy with the playoffs. China, who knows what uh, team they're able to send with all that's going on in the world, as everybody is probably sick and tired of hearing at this point. And they are the first two games out of the gate for Canada. If they're able to get past that, we know that they're going to be in the semifinals. And on the other side, I don't expect Uruguay to get too far. So you're looking at either the Czech Republic and Turkey. Turkey, to me, is going to be the team that everyone should keep an eye on based on who's available for them. They're a very tough team, uh, very well coached, and they got a lot of local guys that have been playing together for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And then if you add in some of their NBA players, Furkan Korkmaz, if he's knocked out of the playoffs, uh, we know about Chetty Osman, and then uh, the, the ultimate go-to guy uh, for them is always going to be Ersan Ilyasova. So, it, 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 you know, in the FIBA game, you don't need a ton of NBA talent. You just need smart, great basketball players. I think Canada is going to have both. I think they're going to have some NBA talent and they're going to have smart, great basketball players. And you add Corey Joseph, who's been there forever. Uh, we had Tristan Thompson, who's been there forever. Kelly Olynyk. So you have your vets in Andrew Wiggins on a redemption tour. Uh, this looks like Canada should, uh, and I'll go out and say it, they will uh, punch their ticket to the Olympics. The question is, is when they get to the Olympics, how much noise can they make because it's mm-hmm. one thing to qualify for the Olympics, but you're talking about the 12 best teams in the world. And when you get there, you're not just don't only dealing with the United States, you're dealing with a bunch of other countries that are very good and very capable of taking home uh, one of the three medals available. So that on that's, you know, uh, my question, I don't think that I have a question of whether they're going to make it or not. My question is when they're there, meaning in Japan, if that does happen, how deep they can go and and can they stand on the podium for the first time since 1936? Jeez, that is uh, a long time, man. <laughs> it's a long time. It's a long um, time. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, I feel optimistic as well. I, you know, the Turkey conversation, that does really feel like one of those teams where it's like, 
oh, Turkey, you'll beat Turkey. That's no big deal. And then it's like, oh, no, all of these, these guys have been, like, clowning people on Besiktas for mm-hmm. however long. And it's just like, oh, no, this could be problematic. I guess they'll get a bit of a break in that Alperin Shengun, who is going to probably be a lottery pick in the draft, is, I would imagine, going through the draft process and not playing right. in the tournament. So that'll be... A bit of a boost, I quick, suppose. But quick story on Turkey. I, I, yeah. I actually called them at the uh, at the World Cup in uh, 2019, and they beat they almost beat Team USA. Right. And we know that that wasn't the you know the quality Team USA team that they had there, but that arena it felt uh, you know like a, it's probably one of the loudest arenas I've ever been in. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know when when the 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 fans that were there in Shanghai realized that Turkey was about to pull off an upset. Uh, it was amazing to see. They had Scotty Wilbekin, who was a obviously an American but a naturalized citizen at that point to play for the team. They're mm-hmm. actually replacing him with Shane Larkin, who is, in my opinion, a better player, and he's coming off a great season uh, over in Europe. So these guys are going to be coming ready to not only just punch their ticket, but make some noise in the Olympic, just like Canada is. So that is going, that's my potential finals. I, I do see that being the finals on Sunday. I think it's the 4th of July that's going mm-hmm. down. Uh it's going to be a tough matchup. So I don't, I don't want people to sit there and think that Turkey is, is some sort of joke that's just going to roll over regardless of where they have their NBA guys or not. Their team that they bring, whatever 12 ends up being there, is going to be a tough 12 for Canada to beat. Thankfully, Ken Birch uh, has experience playing in Turkey. Uh, he'll, he'll have the, the, he has the dad strength that I'm sure the entire Turkish team probably <laughs> comes with from playing over in Europe. Um, so that's a, that's a bonus for sure. But it's going to be awesome, man. I, I'm really excited. I guess the, the final question is, uh, are the Olympics going to happen? Uh, you probably have a better read on this considering you're directly uh, impacted by what's going on with it, considering your FIBA mm. work. But, um, you know, what's your read on it? Like, do you have any information, any inside scoops we can pass along in the podcast akin to scoops about Kem Birch's desires to play on the Raptors next season? Um, <laughs> or is it just a matter of kind of waiting and seeing what the authorities in Japan say? I think you're. I think we're waiting and seeing exactly what you mean. Waiting and seeing what the authorities in Japan say. I, I do know this: if there is no Olympics this year, there there's not going to be a 2021 or 2020 version of the Olympics. We'll have yeah. to wait the the, the the other four years uh, for for the Olympic Games to happen. It would be tragic, though. Um, you know, we don't know if the men are going to be there, but we do know that the women have already punched their ticket. They took care right. of their business. They're going there for the third straight time in in in, uh, in you know the program history, and they have a legit shot of making. And, and winning a medal. Uh, I think it would be a, you know, uh, we would look at it as a failure. And I, I say that with all due respect, we would look at it as a failure though. Uh, if they weren't able to come home with a medal, that's the, you know, the type of uh, team that this is, that's the talent that this team is going to have. Lisa Tomitis and her coaching staff, they know what's at stake here. There's a going to be, I don't want to say a lot of pressure uh, because they probably put more pressure on themselves to go out there and perform at a high level and bring home a medal. But we expect, and every fan out here should should expect the same uh, for that Canada team, you know, the women's national team program, to come home with a medal. And if they aren't able to play at this Olympics because you know uh, the world's going, you know, as as it is, um, you know, obviously health is first. Uh, but I would be crushed for them uh, because they, they put a lot of work in. They've had to wait an entire year, um, you know, on top of it. But uh, I, I would be crushed for them because for a lot of them that are going to be playing in this Olympics game, in Olympic Games, it's going to be their last chance, and, yeah. and they won't have another shot at it 
Um, Miranda Ayim, uh, she's she's going through through her last Olympic game. She's actually retired as a professional now. One more thing for her to do is you know try and bring a medal home for Canada. Uh, and then the other players that uh, you know have, have been there through the journey. Uh, getting their three years, you know, three straight Olympic games. Uh, you look at uh, Natalie Chanwa, she's going to be up there in, in, in years. Maybe she doesn't play uh, with the young crop of, you know, great young Canadian talent coming up behind her. So I, I really do hope that they are able to go and represent our country and, and bring home the medal because uh, that would be, uh, it would be sad if they aren't able to, uh, to, to compete at the, the Olympic games, but um, it, it's, it's going to be a fun summer for, for basketball in general. Mm-hmm. I know the Raptors have a lot uh, going on in the off season, but on the floor, uh, we have two great teams that are potentially going to represent us at the Olympic Games. And I will say I am going to be uh, I know I'm going to be calling the games in Victoria, trying my best <laughs> not to be uh, to let my bias show. It's going to be hard. Uh, they've already told they've re- I've gotten two emails already. Full disclosure that said, hey, are you sure you can do this? <laughs> I, said, I had to reply back. Yeah, I, I think I'll be OK. But uh, when push comes to shove, if uh, if it'd be a dream of mine to, to be able to say, hey, Canada's punched their ticket to go to the Olympic Games, and I, I might be uh, I might be an emotional wreck that day because I, I was able to do it for the women. Uh, I was lucky enough and blessed enough to do that in Belgium and and send them to the Olympic Games. Uh, if I'm able to do it for the men, it would be great. So in the last 24 months, to see a, an NBA title, uh, you know, to see the women go to the Olympic Games, the men go to the Olympic Games, and then the women eventually stand out on the podium and hopefully the men join them, that would be. I, I think that as a basketball fan, I, I think it would solidify basketball in our country, even though it doesn't need any more, you know, help. Mm-hmm. We, we are, uh, we are what we are now in Canada. We're, we're a uh, basketball country as much as we are as a hockey country, but it would really send the message to, uh, to everybody saying, Hey, um, we're two sport nation now, uh, three sport. If you want to add lacrosse, I don't want to, I don't want to disrespect them, but, uh, mm-hmm. and curling, we're, we're just a sporting nation. How about that? Yeah, we're yeah. Just we got all nation. the sports. Yeah. yeah uh, we're just, it. uh, <laughs> maybe not so good at football, but that's fine. Yeah. We got the CFL. We'll get it's our own little special thing. Um, <laughs> right. Carlin, I'm hoping for you to have to grapple with your uh, objectivity during the, uh, <laughs> the FIBA qualifiers. I'm sure you'll do a wonderful job of doing so, but I hope you have to confront that at some point because that will mean Team Canada. Canada has done some good stuff in Victoria. Uh, Thanks so much, Carlin. We're going to be watching for you. I can't wait to hear you on the call for those games. Uh, Where can people find you before we let you go here? Appreciate you, Sean. Uh, at the Carlin Gay on Twitter. I'm not a, the biggest social media guy, but you know, uh, we're smart there. person. And then also, yeah, that means you're smart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. ca.mba.com. We're going to do our best to try and you know cover the playoffs as a whole uh, with a Canadian lens. Um, not many Canadians last uh, remaining in the playoffs. Dwight Powell, shout out to him. You know, he's uh, he's he's one of the last soldiers there. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll try to keep the uh, Canadian narrative pushing, and also also WNBA. We got three great Canadians playing there, so. Uh, all you can all you can get basketball wise is uh, is over on NBA.com. So I always appreciate you, and, and we'll we'll definitely do some CBL stuff as well. So hell yeah, uh, we will to CBL. So we got some uh, CBL guys part. taking part in uh, Trey Bell Haynes, chief among them, taking part in yes. the uh, the the qualifiers, or at least on Team Canada's roster, potentially making it. Trey Bell Haynes rocks, uh, and mm-hmm. you rock too, Carlin. It, it was uh, lovely chatting with you. Uh, go and uh, read all the propaganda about Dwight better than Chris Stapp's Powell. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be looking up for you, man. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the pod. Thank you, sir. 
Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode and for this week of episodes. We'll be back again next week as we wrap up our Season from Hell in Review series with some quick hitters on some of the other guys in the team. We also have to do Pascal Siakam as well. Uh, we got some draft stuff, of course, kicking up next week, too. Some fun stuff planned for the week after next as well. And then the draft lottery is June 22nd. So just a reminder as well, if you go to my pinned tweet, you'll see all the information for our live draft lottery watch party on Zoom on June the 22nd, 7.30. 30 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be joined by lots of great Raptors pals. We're going to do trivia to close out the night. We're going to react to the draft lottery results live. And the way to get in is to send me a receipt of a $25 or more donation to one of the Indian Residential School Survivor Society or Islamic Relief's Palestine Emergency Fund. If you want to donate to both, that's even better. But send me a receipt of a $25 or more donation and you'll be added to the list to join our watch party. It's going to be a blast. We're going to raise a ton of money. To, I don't want to cut you off in the middle yeah. of such a great cause. Send no. me the information to both of them. I'm going to donate and, and hopefully encourage people to do the same. Both of them, I will do, uh, I'll do the $25 donation and uh, maybe I might even make an appearance in the, in the uh, in a live watch party afterwards but you have it's a great cause need to do it you have absolutely an open invitation to join and that is wonderfully generous of you carlin very much appreciated we'll send you the info as soon as we're done here uh but everyone else just go to my pinned tweet for all the info to uh to join the watch party it's going to be fantastic and uh, we're going to raise a ton of money for some very important causes that will do it have a wonderful weekend everybody we'll talk to you again on monday with another episode of locked on raptors bye-bye 